BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. The gauntlet? What gauntlet? The Ravens are the best team in the NFL. They're the one seed this week on pod like a Raven. What gauntlet were we talking about a month ago? I am Antonio Barbera. The Ravens blast, blast the Miami Dolphins. Sweep the four-game stretch that was supposed to be their most difficult stretch of games coming off their bye. They are 13-3. They are the one seed with a week to go in the regular season. And boy, do they look good. Do they look primed for a postseason run? And we are going to talk about it. Little under the weather, probably gonna hear me coughing about ten minutes into this episode. Gonna have to be careful with my uh, the number of words that, that I use in this episode. But bear with us, bear with me, and bear with us. But we're pretty excited. Even that car outside, the horn is honking outside my house. Everybody's excited. Let's bring in my co-hosts, starting with Tim Horsey. Tim, it's nice. What what is this team? What is this team that knows how to close games and finish out December and, and be the best team in the NFL? team is really really good man they're just really 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 good fun to watch mean fast explosive punishing like both sides of the ball with the killer instinct it is really cool to see um they just hung a 50 burger on the dolphins like it was nothing and i think you know i'm certainly not taking it for granted you know a little post-production or a little pre-production i should say a behind the scenes here for you um i'm already just miserable at the fact of whoever we get to play in the in the playoffs which is absurd talk by me because we should be celebrating right now and we will continue to do so on this show but yeah man they are there isn't a weak spot on this team and i'm really i'm having a lot of fun let's just say that i'm having a lot of fun watching them week in and week out here and uh yeah best team in the nfl baby let's go jace evans how you feeling Feeling good. It's hard to feel bad. Uh, happy New Year to all y'all. It was a great way to kind of ring in New Year's Eve watching this team. You know, I, I did not see 56 to 19 coming when we, we set out. I, I think there was some, some thoughts that maybe the Dolphins weren't quite as good as what the record indicated. But to put, a, to put it on a team like that uh, is still a, a heck of a statement. And, and I agree with you guys. I mean, it's hard to not view this team by like pretty much any measure as certainly in the regular season anyway, one of the best teams in franchise history. I think just, you know, I think this team's better than 2019 to me, uh, which is kind of incredible to say. And I think like the biggest reason for that is I think they're playing their best right now, which they weren't necessarily in 2019. That season, they played their best in November. <laughs> this year, you close, you beat the best team in the NFC who locked up a one seed, uh, on Sunday too, by the way, uh, great team in the 49ers. You kick their butt at their place. You score the most points you've ever scored in your building to seal up the one seed. It's a great team. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a little opposite of Tim. I'm pretending like the playoffs don't even exist who the Ravens plague the Browns or whoever that's, that's three weeks from now's problem. And that's the best part about sealing it up, uh, with a week to go is, uh, we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry for two full weeks about anything this team does really it's just you get to celebrate and live in it and it's yeah it's been a fantastic season and and one of the best uh, uh, this team's ever uh put together before we even recap the dolphins game i just want to run through 
I mean, enjoy it when it's good, right? I'm going to run through some numbers, some stats of this team that just don't make any sense. They have the best record in the NFL. Duh. They have the best point differential at plus 210. They are the only team with a 200 plus 200 point differential. They are the number one team in DVOA this season. Historically, they are the number three team in DVOA, according to Aaron Schatz, uh, dating back to 1981. Every team on that list basically went to the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl. The Ravens are third uh, all time since 1981 in DVOA. They're the number one seed clinched with a week to spare. The points scored for the Ravens the last 10 games, 10 games, 38, 31, 37, 31, 34, 20, 37, 23, 33, 56. They're the number one scoring defense. They're the number two scoring offense. They lead the NFL in sacks. They lead the NFL in takeaways. They lead the NFL in turnover differential. They've held a lead with under two minutes in every single game. They're 4-0 in December. And most important, they took care of business when it was in their hands and they didn't let it get to a last week of the season game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. There is a different quality to this team's ability to close things out, different talent level across the board. And it is a historically, in all-time all NFL, historically good team. And now they get some weeks to rest, to recover, to tinker with the offense, find some new exotic blitzes, and then come into the playoffs healthy. It is very, very exciting, guys. <laughs> uh, what else needs to be said before we get into this Dolphins game? Overarching uh, feelings and thoughts about this team. Well, I kind of mentioned it just off the rip, but obviously the comparisons and the teams talked about this kind of the last few weeks to the 2019 team because it's our, our most sort of relevant with, with Lamar and with him, you know, putting an MVP season together. Uh, and I know his numbers are down across the board. Um, well, like co- comparatively, I think, you know, like touchdowns, he led the league in touchdowns in 2019 while rushing for 1,200 yards. We'd truly never seen anything like it. But I, I think this team is so, so much better than the 2019 team. And I think it starts with him. I think this is the best Lamar Jackson's ever played. Maybe easy to say after he comes off a five-touchdown performance that seals the MVP. But he was just locked in and has been, you know, for since the bye week, certainly. Um, but uh, he, he's been incredible. And I think the defense is just a different level than we saw in 2019. I know the numbers were good for that group. They were fourth in yards, third in points. But, you know, you, you said it, Antonio. This is the, first, the number one defense for points. They're number four in yards. And I just, you know, I think we saw it in, in Saturday's game, a play like the one Roquan Smith makes, just the difference makers they have there. Justin Matabike gets another sack. I just think this group is just so much better. You're getting career seasons from anyone. And... Yeah, it could all go sideways in one playoff game. I'm sure I've said very similar things in 2019, but this does feel different to me. This team feels more built for the playoffs. And and I think just because it's not – then it was new. I knew they'd made the playoffs in 2018, but you'd, have, you'd gone a while without the Ravens having real success. This team is very focused, it feels like, and they have a, a singular mission, and it's win the Super Bowl. So that's really exciting. And, yeah, I mean, there's not <laughs> – I don't have too much more to say about them. They're just – they're incredible to watch and – fun to watch and the last two weeks have been just incredible uh type of type of performances that make you believe (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's probably easy to just say this is hindsight and looking back at that 2019 team you felt like there was a game script that you could expose pretty easily even though they were 14 and 2 and dominating teams um but there was always kind of this thing in the back of their head now look they haven't really faced adversity in the last two weeks against two of the better opponents that they've faced. And yet, if they did, again, this is kind of hindsight as well, if they did face adversity, I'd feel way more confident in this team to get through it. Like, they just have a number of different ways they can beat you. The passing game has been remarkable. The offensive line has been really good. Um, You know, they don't rely on the running game, but it's there when you need it. Lamar, like Jay said, Lamar Jackson is just playing at a level that if he is like he's at this Mahomesian point now where if he's on, he cannot be stopped. 
They could lose games, but he cannot be stopped if, if he's not beating himself at this point. Like, he's making smart decisions. The throws are accurate. The throw to Odell Beckham Jr. on the sideline against Miami, like, he put it in the one spot that his guy could get it, and then, you know, you pay a receiver who can actually make that catch is a, is a massive part of that, too. Don't get me wrong. But it's all that, and then when all of that goes wrong or there isn't a guy open or he doesn't have Isaiah likely making one-handed grabs on fourth down, <laughs> he can he can slither out of um, a pass rush and get your seven yards that you need. Or he can, like, find those little creases to just keep, keep the drive rolling. And then you turn to – you have all that, right? The offensive side of the ball is humming. And Todd Munkin in his – I, I just love the pictures of him when he's doing his media availability and he's in like full baggy gray sweatsuit. And I'm like, my man's about to cook. Like he is, he's ready to go. This, this is definition football guy. Like that's, that's all he wants to do. And you have all of that. And then you combine it with a defense that is ferocious, a defense that is annoyed at every little thing doing the Michael Jordan. We're going to take slights, even though there aren't slights to take type of thing, which this whole team has, by the way, which I love. I love Lamar Jackson saying like, Oh, we still think of ourselves as underdogs, even though they're the best team in the national football league. Great. Keep feeding that to me, please. Um, the defense, every level of the defense is fantastic. And you know, they're without Brandon Stevens, who has been an undercover, like stalwart for them on the defensive backfield. And then obviously Kyle Hamilton, who has been in, Overcover standout on the on the defensive backfield, the opposite of undercover, whatever it is, shining in the limelight, what have you. <laughs> they lose both of those guys against a Miami passing attack and don't have either of those guys, and it doesn't matter. Guys like Arthur Millette step up. Arthur Millette had an incredible game um, yesterday, and I know we'll get into the specifics later. But every level of that defense is mean and ferocious and can do great things. You have two incredible coordinators, and the offense is humming. There, there's nothing to complain about. There's just nothing to complain about, and – you know, not that we're trying to nitpick and, and find stuff too, because that's not you know, that's not our bad. <laughs> obviously, we can be critical, and obviously, Jace and I are absolute pessimists, and that's fine. <laughs> but even for us, like this is the thing, it's saying something. Even for us, it is hard to be annoyed. Here's the thing: my dad was watching the game with me yesterday, right? He came over um, before they went off and did a New Year's thing, and the the Ravens scored a touchdown in like one or two plays on an offensive drive. I can't remember which. It was sometime in the first half. I can't remember what it was, and. And this is where I get my thinking, gentlemen. His thing was, well, now your defense is already back out on the field. Like that's the thing that they're compla- <laughs> that's the thing you can complain about if you really want to find something. But other than that, man, it's it's all gravy in Charm City, which is which is pretty nuts. Uh, I'm gonna assume it was the one play, 75 yard drive when it was that would Zay be Flowers it. touchdown. Yeah. I could imagine everybody celebrating. Oh, no. My dad, why are they scoring so quickly? Back out on the field. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let's talk about this game, and that's with. with Mark Andrews has missed a large chunk of this season. J.K. Dobbins basically missed the entire season. Keaton Mitchell missed, you know, came on, and then he's been out. It has not mattered. They have just plugged in super talent at these positions when needed, and they've still been able to dominate every team in the NFL. Okay, Ravens, 56. 56. Dolphins, 19. I mean, it's tough to do. But the Ravens followed up their statement win, the best game in uh, you know in, in the NFL calendar of the season. They followed that up, beating the 49ers, with a bigger statement at home against a team that they're possibly going to face early in the postseason in the Miami Dolphins. And it was close for a quarter, and then, you know, Comfortable by the second quarter and over by the third quarter. That is what this team can do when things are clicking, starting with the offense. Lamar Jackson, we've touched on it a little bit already, but MVP pretty much solidified. Uh, Very little he could do. He will be able to do against the Steelers next week if he plays to to lose this award. I don't know what would need to happen. Christian, Christian McCaffrey in a game they don't really need... He'd need like 10 touchdowns. (laughs) He'd have to throw five touchdowns in that game, I guess. But a perfect passer rating for Jackson. Five touchdown passes, making everything look easy. The short throws were there. The intermediate throws were there. And the deep throws were there consistently. If Rashad Bateman makes one more catch, the score might be even different. He's playing at a different level right now, guys. 
Yeah, he, he was just rolling it. And, and you mentioned, like, that Bateman, that was, like, basically, what, their first offensive play of the game or second? Uh, and, and that was one of the three incompletions he has on the entire day. Uh and you could just tell from the jump that Lamar was locked in. And it was just so great to watch. I'd been kind of skeptical at times of his sort of MVP candidacy, even I think as recently as heading into last week. Um, but there's just no denying, I think, at this point that he he's the guy, uh, Tim, just because, like, you look at look around and they ask him to do so much and he does so much. And he's just in such total control of every aspect uh, of offense that it's just magnificent. And yeah, I know the numbers I mentioned are better from his 2019 season, but I think he's a worthy MVP candidate and he's the reason the Ravens are 13 and three. He's the reason they're going to be favored to win the Super Bowl. And so that, uh, that seems like the reason to make you MVP in my book. Uh, if you're the, the kind of, you know, best player on the best team and the kind of guy that makes everything go. Uh, and especially the last, we've talked about this at length, but just, from the last two seasons, not having him to now have like to watching him play in December, where I believe he's perfect. I think I saw that written somewhere. Lamar's never actually lost a game in December. Um, if that's true, that's crazy. He didn't this year, and that's why he's going to be MVP with the way he closed. It was just he was just so incredible on, on Sunday, and especially early. We'll get into the defense later, but. I thought they were going to have to go score for score for a little while with the Dolphins, the way the early part of this game kind of uh, unfurled. And he was just he was just ready to go from the jump. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I think the word, you know, not to belabor your point there, but I think the word is control. I think that's the that is the easiest way to sum all of this up. Like he is he is operating on a different level than what he has ever operated on. The talent's always been there. The arm talent's always been there. He's always been quarterbacky. I don't even know where that started, by the way. This just become a social media thing. <laughs> I haven't been able to find it. <laughs> Somebody and, and and you know, if you weren't a fan of this team, I could I could see you be having a problem with they take every little slight towards everything. It's like, well, so did Michael Jordan, so you know, shove off. Um, <laughs> apparently that came about. Anyway, he's always had the talent as a as a passer. He's always obviously had the running ability, what have you. But the control of the situation you know, we, we've talked about uh, even earlier this year where it was like, it's almost guaranteed you're going to get a fumble from him. It's almost guaranteed you're going to get a crazy interception. Those are kind of gone at this point. You're like, yeah, there's still some mistakes, what have you. Nobody's perfect. But you feel so confident with him and the ball in his hands and not confident in like, uh, 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 like we've talked about on this show. Like, make a play, throw it, and you're freaking out. Now it's more of just like zen watching him play even at even when everything is falling around him and you know everybody follows up and, and follows his lead i thought the receivers were fantastic yesterday isaiah likely like this is going to be hyperbole so that's fine you know you can, you can subtweet us if you want but isaiah likely might end up being better than mark andrews when it's all said and done like the guy has a crazy amount of talent um, and is, is more athletic already, I think. You know, isn't as big and burly and as big of a target and what have you. But, like, wait till those guys get out on the field together. I'm not saying you got to get rid of either one of them, obviously. But, like, you have a couple veteran wide receivers. You have Zay Flowers and then those two tight ends. Like, the, it's a remarkable amount of weapons um, that, to, to kind of sort through at the, with the Ravens' offense at the peak of its powers. thought the offensive line was great yesterday, too. The running game was consistent. And shout out Justice Hill, too, as we're going to do the offense. I thought Justice Hill had an incredible game. Obviously, they're no longer giving him any more read options because they just they <laughs> – shout out Todd Munkin went, nope, he can't, he just cannot handle that. That's fine. We're going to not – we're just going to abandon that from the playbook. But everything else has been stellar. Um, and, yeah, they've been, they've been really, really strong, and it's been very impressive. The, the Hill thing I didn't see coming in. They got him involved, like, right away, too. He had, like, one wheel route that was wiped out from penalty, and then they went right back to it with a wheel route for a touchdown on that first drive. He has, obviously, the kickoff return, 78 yards. That sets up their touchdown out of the half. And then he had a, a, the 41-yard run late in the game uh, that set up their touchdown that made it 42-19. to 19. So he basically directly contributed to, like, three touchdowns. Um, 
Yeah, I, I didn't see that coming. And the fumble, Tim. We they fumbled on Sunday and it wasn't even him. It was Gus Edwards. So what a what a day for Justice Hill. <laughs> he couldn't probably the best game he's ever played for them. I'd have to I'd have to imagine. I did want to just mention the the like the likely play was the his first touchdown was insane all the way around because I thought it was insane they went for it in the first yeah, place yeah. at four, fourth and seven at the 35. Just kind of a bizarre <laughs> decision. I felt like they were almost trying to like get him to jump offside and then they're hiking the ball and Lamar's like throwing off like one foot but just like sticks it on him and likely just sticks his hand out and somehow just doesn't stop running the whole time. The whole thing was crazy. That that was definitely, I would say, the most fired up I was the the entire uh, game on Sunday just because of how unexpected it was and how crazy the play was. And and I'm with you. He, he's been great. Odell had just an insane sideline catch too early in the game that set up a touchdown. They were rolling, and it's just it's it's incredible to watch. And I think just it's hard to like almost think back to like last November, last December, even more specifically, where we're watching like Demarcus Robinson catch passes from Tyler Huntley in a Greg Roman offense, and it just feels like we're in like such a completely different world, uh, like 365 days later from from where we were. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, it's great, obviously, and I certainly didn't. Didn't see this. I thought they'd win, but I didn't think they'd, you know, drop 56 an all-time M&T Bank Stadium record on them. And I believe the last time they even got this many points was also in 2019 against the Dolphins. So they're two highest scoring games, I think, in team history, both against the Dolphins. So that's certainly something. And it's fun that one was 2019 and the other one 2023. <laughs> um, defensively. Um the unit got better and better, I guess, as the game went along. You know, they, they got kind of sliced and diced for a touchdown on the first drive. Then they get a stop, and all of a sudden it's a field goal on the second drive. And then pretty much contained this, this high-flying offense, forced turnovers uh, at opportune moments. And when the score was a blowout and Tua had to do the, you know, drop back pass or find guys, he struggled a few different, a few different times for long stretches, uh, injured on a slide, a fourth down slide, where he slid three yards short of the first down. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, not the injury, but that he chose to slide short of the first down. Chose to run on fourth down and then slide short of the first down marker. Kind of uh, encapsulated how, how their game went for Miami. But for the Ravens, guys, defensively, considering what this offense was, the Miami Dolphins, number one scoring offense, um, struggled early, fixed some things, adjusted, uh, and then close the game out well. I think you have to be impressed with uh, with their performance. I I certainly was, uh, and especially I think um, Antonio. We just we we touched on in the lead up to this game what happened last year, and I do think even though there were several core components, key players not really involved in that game, it had to at least be in the back of everyone's mind. Uh, you know, you take a twenty one point lead into the fourth quarter of that game. You give up 28 points in the fourth quarter of that game to lose in regulation. So uh, to, to to close it out on how they did, I was just really impressed because, you know, it was definitely in the back of my mind when the Ravens go up 22 immediately out of the half mm-hmm. and you have half a game to go and you go, uh-oh. <laughs> it's only, only one more point that they blew last year with even more time uh, to blow it, but they just locked down. And uh, so, yeah, I think you have to salute the way they closed uh, just because... Um, it was a it was a way better feeling uh, certainly and uh i think maybe a driving motivator and um you know it's i think especially impressive guy i think tim you mentioned this but just where their cornerback situation was too uh marlon gets hurt marlon humphrey gets hurt practically immediately in this game and you're like with tyreek hill out there you you say oh that's not that's not great uh, when your your cornerbacks and Daryl Worley got hurt at a certain point. So pretty much their cornerback situation uh, with Stevens also out, as mentioned, and Hamilton was, uh, you know, Arthur Millette, Ronald Darby, and Rock Yassin. And despite that, I thought they held up really well. It wasn't obviously, you know, the team got completely burned last year, but to just dig in, close it out, win, put them away, bury them, and seal everything up. It's how you want to do it. And so I was just, it was really encouraging for me, uh, all things considered. Because, yeah, I was really worried off the jump. But to to just uh, dig in, basically, and, and stop them. And I'm, I, this is where I'm not smart enough uh, to know if it's 
just like the Dolphins had an incredible script, and then once you're past that, if it's just like then McDonald wins that matchup with Mike McDaniel, but whatever they did, it was awesome because they 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 came to play and. Yeah, I mean, shut the. I saw. I think I saw they scored what forty two of the last games last forty eight points. It's hard to hard to do much better than that. So yeah, I think for a team that came in as the best, the highest scoring team in the league, right? You have to kind of tip your cap to hold them to nineteen points. Yeah, they showed, and I, I will admit I was watching with some friends, um, so I wasn't like totally locked into the commentary. But I, it was Charles Davis on the call was kind of talking about the adjustments that the defense made in terms of basically making the windows much smaller for Tua to throw to and kind of figuring out the timing. The pass rush, man, like, it's just, it's one of those things to go with another thing that we're about to talk about that you don't really realize how good you got it till it's gone. But being able to get home with the likes of Matabike and Clowney and, you know, Travis Jones and even Michael Pierce kind of getting involved, getting some penetration, like, they've been so good this year on that front. The one-on-one tackling against a speedy Dolphins team was solid. Um, you know, Arthur Millette, again, made a couple plays where that that was the thing. I think I texted you guys in the, in the soon-to-be Patreon-exclusive Pod Like a Raven text group where it was <laughs> you don't appreciate you don't appreciate that kind of tackling until you don't have it, until guys are – until they throw a screen pass out on the edge and you're like, yeah, well, Marcus Peters ain't making that play, like just to throw a name out there. Earl Thomas ain't making that play. And – you have guys now that are making said play. Arthur Millette is making plays, dumping dudes in the backfield on screen passes, shedding blocks, making play- one-on-one uh, tackles. It's just – it's simple little stupid stuff that really, really matters. And then you make the big plays. Roquan Smith's interception is absolutely insane for a linebacker <laughs> of that size to make. You know, Tua, Tua is an incredibly accurate quarterback. He can throw into tight windows and – I remember Roquan makes that play, the one-handed interception, the first of three one-handed catches for the Baltimore Ravens from (laughs) from what I remember. One by Roquan Smith, one by uh, Isaiah Likely for a touchdown, and the other from Pat Ricard for a touchdown. The three guys you expected to make the one-handed grabs on this team, by the way. Um, And after that play... I think it almost threw Tua off a little bit. There was a couple plays. There was one play I remember where I think Tyreek was open in the middle of the field, but shading under in coverage was Roquan, and he did not want to throw it over Roquan Smith because he he was nervous that Roquan was going to be able to make the play because he was shading him under in coverage. It was – those are the type of little plays that you have to make. You can be sound on defense. You can have a great scheme. You can adjust, which – making adjustments just – as a Ravens fan, it's just insane to watch a team make positive adjustments that work out in in game, which is awesome. It's awesome, awesome, awesome to watch. And then you have the special plays on top of all of that that really are the game changers, the Roquan Smith play. So, yeah, again, we talked about it before. Not a thing to complain about. You can pretty much praise every aspect of this win in this team at this point, moment in time. So it's just – it's fun. It's really, really fun, guys. I'm going to keep saying it over and over in this episode. Uh, maybe best, I guess, to remember there's no Jalen Waddle in this game, and Waddle was the guy who really killed the Ravens last year. We'll probably be there in the postseason. That They will probably be slightly better offensively, but uh, you can only play who's on the field. And Tyreek Hill having six catches for 76 yards on 12 targets, they will take that every day of the week. Um Dropping a touchdown certainly changes the stat line uh, a little <laughs> bit, but got to make the plays, Tyreek. You know that that's uh, uh, not the Ravens' fault that that he dropped that he dropped that pass, but um, there was clear attention on him from the beginning. Still made some plays because that's what he's going to do, but uh, keeping him down just enough to where the team has to go, the offense has to look elsewhere and, and have some other secondary players make plays and. We're not able to do it with with much uh, with much consistency. Um, anything else on the defense, guys? I have one more thing, just an intangible to touch on. It's the Miami rushing to try to get an extra play in before the two minute warning in the first half, and then that's when the interception is thrown. I love it. It's so it's so it's so tasty. Uh, I, I I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Uh, well done, Dolphins, and that obviously helped help the Ravens go into halftime. 
what I loved about it was it just reminded me of sort of what Patrick Queen said last week about playing basketball on grass and people getting uh, cute and stuff. And I was like, you got too cute, Miami. <laughs> this is what happens. And then, yeah, and then the fact that they converted that interception into just that insane Isaiah Likely one-handed grab. I mean, that kind of put the game away effectively. I know... Uh, I, I can speak for myself. I wasn't a hundred percent given the events of last year that it was over at twenty eight thirteen, but it was it was pretty much over at twenty eight thirteen the way this team's been playing of late. So yeah, I, I'm completely with you, Antonio. I, I I thought that was just so so delicious for them to think they're like you know so smart and ahead of the curve and uh, we're playing analytic football and then just to get get a brilliant pick against you. It was it was awesome. <laughs> Patrick Queen said something too. He followed up, and I, I don't have the quote here. Um, I'm tr- I'm trying to find it, but he basically was like, "Yeah, I know what I said last week." And then this team loves running side to side. Like, good on them for what they do, but that's not just what that's not what we do. We like to hit teams in the mouth, and it's like, you know what, Patty Queen, like shooting way up the power rankings is a guy who we definitely had some complaints <laughs> about before. Getting to the point where you're like, man. I would rather him not leave uh, in this offseason. Something we'll, we'll talk about later. This is not the moment for that. But just embodying what this team is. I mean, making making excuse me that play on the wheel route for the running back where he's like it looks like a catch and then he follows up, keeps fighting, knocks the ball out. Like they're playing at an elite level all over the place, man. It, it's been great to see. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right, let's look at the playoff scenarios with a week to go. And it's just, even this is enjoyable. The Ravens have, there's no scenario. They, they have nothing to look at, <laughs> nothing to worry about. They are the number one seed. They will play uh, at home until the Super Bowl, as long as they have games to play. Um, and they have a bye in the first round. They're going to just watch these other teams uh, beat, beat each other up and then have to go into the bank. But other teams, obviously, uh, have a lot at stake, seeding at stake. Um, the wildest scenario for me is Bills could be the two seed by the end of the week. Or also could miss the playoffs by the end of the week. I I don't think I've seen that uh, in a while from from teams. But as it stands, the matchups would be, and obviously this will change because of some of these head to heads in, in the final week of the season. But at the moment, it'd be Dolphins against the Colts, Chiefs against the Bills, and then Jags against the Browns. Uh, obviously, the three of us see. Dolphins and Chiefs taking care of business, and then the Browns beating the Jags, and then the Browns, of course, would be the first team to go into Baltimore in the playoffs with Joe Flacco. I'm trying to avoid it. Uh, I really am. Um, but let's just kind of run through. Chase, I think you have this these notes pretty pretty well fleshed out here, but what are some of the things that can happen and the big shakeups for, for the AFC? Yeah, well, so you mentioned the AFC East. That's, I do think, I agree with you. That's the biggest one. That's our Sunday night football game this week because it's the winner wins the AFC East. Um, But like you mentioned, the Bills could fall out, and that's for a variety of reasons. So the AFC South is still up for grabs, as is the six and seven seeds. The Colts and Texans play each other on Saturday after the Ravens play in week 18. And the winner of that game... Assuming there is a winner and they don't tie, that's when things would get even weirder if they tie. But assuming there's a winner, that would like blow up the play. I don't even know what would happen at that point. <laughs> so we thankfully haven't had to deal with a tie and a half a half a win percentage points, just screwing everything up with to this point this season. Uh, but yeah, so assuming there's a winner, uh, the winner of Colts Texans gets one of the playoff spots, potentially still the AFC South crown. If the Jaguars lose. Now, the Jags are playing the Titans, so if the Jags win, they're the AFC South champs and playing the Cleveland Browns, like you mentioned, who are locked into that five seed, um, the AFC South champ uh, playing the Browns. Um, So, yeah, so the Bills can miss the playoffs if they lose to Miami, uh, 
Miami is locked into the playoffs, so even if they lose, they will be a wild card team. But yeah, I'm with you, Antonio. I feel like I just haven't seen anything that bizarre. Like it's weird, like to be like you win and you're the two seed, lose and you're out of the playoffs. The, you, you really don't get that disparity much. And I do think that just speaks to kind of the parity um, we've had in the NFL this year. And they will so, know. That's the best. The best part about it is this: yeah. Josh Allen will be playing at night after all the other results have kind of flushed themselves through. Uh, well, that's not the most pleasant image, but uh, and then he's going to be playing with that kind of pressure. Like, oh, win yeah. means this, loss means <laughs> see you next summer. Loss means your season's over for a team that was probably one of, what, the three or four Super Bowl favorites before the season. So this will be one of our more high drama, I think, Sunday night football games in a while, or hopefully should be. It is down in Miami, so unfortunately we're not going to get, I'm sure, whatever eight feet of snow they have in Buffalo or whatever already. But uh yeah, so the big things, the AFC South uh, somehow could get two, if not three teams in the playoffs still, which would be bizarre for every team to seem just fine. The Steelers, we'll talk about them. They can make the playoffs uh, if the Jags lose or if the Bills lose and they beat us. But that's that's the big thing. It's that AFC East and then just however the South shakes out. Um would get weird if the Jags lose. That would that would complicate things even further. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the AFC a little more interesting actually, I'd say, than the NFC for sure. Well, why don't we turn to the uh, to the NFC there, Jace? Sweet, yeah. Um, so pretty much we're down to the Niners locked as, um, as thanks to the Eagles losing, which that was weird. I don't know if any of you all watched yeah. that game. Yeah. They managed to lose to the Cardinals, so. Um, they can actually are favored to be a wild card team now. The last year's NFC um, East champs or NFC champs. Uh, so the Niners locked up the one seed. Cowboys after that very bizarre Saturday night game with all the ref stuff. Uh, if they win, they'll be the two seed, uh, and they play the Commanders. Lions are pretty much locked into the three seed then. Which leaves the Bucks uh, currently lead the NFC South champ after their very rat line. They of course lost handily to the Saints on Sunday. <laughs> it's frustrating. It's frustrating, Jason. Yeah, uh, and so, but they. The good news for them, Antonio, uh, not for those who bet on the Bucks on Sunday, Thanks, but Jace. for the Bucks themselves, they're uh, winning in. They and they play the Panthers. So more than likely, the Bucks are going to win the NFC South since the Panthers are the worst team in the NFL. And just got shut out by a team that was starting C.J. Beathard. Um, and then the Packers are winning in as well after their win on Sunday Night Football. They play the Bears, so not a gimme by any means the way the Bears have been playing. But that game is in Green Bay, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, because they started the season at Chicago. Um, so, yeah, so uh, NFC just a little less interesting. If Bucks Bucks beat the Panthers, Packers beat the uh bears that's that completes your playoff field the rams actually locked up a playoff spot with the seahawks losing on sunday so the rams are in packers and rams can flip spots but that's about it that's about all that's going on in the nfc it's it's winning in for the bucks winning in for the packers and then a few scenarios for some other teams to sneak in but more than likely i think those two teams will probably win let's look at let's uh... Let's play who do you want the Ravens to have to face or who, which teams do we want out of the postseason because there are a couple, as Jace just uh, went through there. I, I think all three of us would happily like to see the Bills uh, just eliminated somehow and not even in the dance. <laughs> but when you look at these other bubble teams, you look at the Steelers, the Texans, the Colts. Um, let's stop. Yeah, let's stop there. Um, which of those do you think, you know, obviously the Ravens are going to be favored against all those teams. Of course, they lost to the Colts, but we don't need to worry about that. Um, (laughs) which of these teams do you kind of think maybe I want that team in the playoffs because they're going to be frisky in that round one game. I want a team, a seven seed, a six seed that has a chance of knocking off some of the AFC blue bloods. And who are the teams that you think? Could do it. Is it annoyingly? Is it Pittsburgh? Are the Steelers just that stupid pedigree, good coach found something with Mason Rudolph team, or is it is it somebody else? I think it's the Texans. I I it's it's almost weird because you're, you're you're framing this question, and I'm like, well, I would rather play the Colts, but the Colts aren't frisky enough to beat anybody else. I don't think so. Like them getting to the second round, I'd love to face them in the wild card. I don't think there's any chance that they get to the second round, like that type of deal. Um, 
But I think the Texans, you know, C.J. Stroud coming out um, off the injury. The defense, coached by D'Amico Ryans, has some really talented pieces. People laughed at them for that Will Anderson trade, and I think that it's, you know, I think it's coming up pretty well for them. They gave up a lot, but he has the makings of a sort of cornerstone guy on that defensive side. Um, The Texans are the frisky team that I would still feel confident in the Ravens after that, but I think that that is the team that has the best chance of, you know, and it depends on the scenario, right? But going into a Kansas City or going into an AFC East, whoever wins that, and kicking him in the teeth a little bit, C.J. Stroud having this whole, like, holy crap, this is the next guy type of wild card moment. Um, before, you know, heading to Baltimore, potentially. I, I, I was going to actually agree with Tim. Uh, I think it's the Texans for, and I think the reason is Stroud. I think of all these other teams, he's the quarterback. He's so good, even that, he's so good. Yeah, and even as just a rookie, um, he, he seemed, he's the only one who's, who's special. Uh, famous last words, I'm not afraid of Mason Rudolph. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, even this is as, me beating yeah. on the wood table for you, just in case, because I don't see you doing it in the Zoom call. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll knock on my desk, too. I was going to say, uh, Gardner mentioned you I, I i would like the ravens chances at a second time going up against him because they couldn't have blown that first game more if they tried everything the ravens did in that game remember when Kenyon drake fumbled remember him uh so um yeah uh i i i i agree with him i think the texans are probably the friskiest of the of the teams that can kind of emerge um other than yeah i mean but as we talked about, the very high likelihood, I think, outside of maybe the Bills, if they could somehow stick around, even with a loss, stick around. If, if say, like the Ravens beat the Steelers and stuff, uh, um, I, I, it seems like a very high likelihood that I think no other wild card teams, other than maybe Cleveland, win this year. So, I know Jace likes the buff the Bills in that Dolphins game. Tim, what do you have? What do you have for that? game if you had to handicap it right now are you liking one team or the over the other oh, god i don't know man like it's purely just situational here but um if it was in buffalo i think i would like the bills a lot in that week 18 spot um the fact that it's in miami miami coming off a loss i don't think the bills are necessarily the kick you in the teeth team like i think the the bills are a team that miami can expose um I lean the Dolphins, and now that is a lot of that is just because the Bills at any moment, like the Dolphins might be frauds, right? And they just got their <laughs> teeth kicked in by the Ravens, and they might just not be a very good team. And like I was, I was telling, I was talking with somebody yesterday, saying like Mike McDaniel might like everybody loves him, right? He's awesome. I love him. He's 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 a he seems like a fun guy. He's fun with the media. This that seat's gonna get hotter. Uh, or is going to get hot quicker than usual because he is this, you know, not your stereotypical football coach and what have you, and all of a sudden they're this candy-ass team in these candy-ass uniforms, and that that could come back to bite them sooner rather than later. Down the line. Nah, I wouldn't say this season. All that being said, the Bills are a team that all of a sudden can just lose. Like, all of a sudden they can just like, oh, my God. What, what are the why, why are the Bills billsing right now? And all of a sudden they just bills all over everything, and there's bills everywhere. And it's not the good thing. It, it, it requires a lot of cleanup, and it's very sticky. Um, so I just think that th- that would be my one concern where it's hard. It, they, they remind me of, like, a worse Ravens team where it's all of a sudden, what the hell is going on? You know, what we thought this Ravens team was early in the season. That's kind of where I think the Bills are right now. So I would lean Dolphins knowing that I'm, you know, putting my money on a team that is probably a fraud. <laughs> um, if if the Bills win, I'm, I got the old playoff machine up. Um, if the Bills win, they take the two seed. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Miami would take the six and play at Kansas City. That's a nice week one or a round one uh, playoff matchup there to maybe knock out I don't know who you like. It's like a matchup of, of middling teams there. But, um, yeah, no, just curious as to your guys' thoughts on seeding and, and potential matchups. The Chiefs is just such a weird 
conundrum, I think, for this entire postseason because I don't think they're good, and I, I yet I want I want no business seeing the Chiefs rolling in to M&T Bank Stadium in a few weeks. Um, so I, I feel like I'd. That's such a weird game because, like, it's like, what are the Dolphins? We think the Chiefs aren't that good, but they have the best player in the league <laughs> overall over the last five years. So I feel like I'd still pick the Chiefs to win that just at Arrowhead. We know Patrick Mahomes gets all the calls. This has been a, a, a well-documented thing come playoff time. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That'd be that'd be such a disappointing matchup for the Dolphins where you think you're going to win just your second division title in 20 years uh, and then to just completely just face plant the last two, three weeks and especially going back to even blowing that Titans game. Um, I, I feel like if the Dolphins lost to the Bills, I feel like the vibes would just be so bad that I, I'd ride the Chiefs, I think, uh, in that matchup. All right. Well, we will see how things shake out uh, in that final weekend that for us is just going to be so relaxing. Uh, And with that, let's do some previewing, I guess. It's Ravens hosting the Steelers. Steelers four-point favorites in this game. That tells you something about what Vegas sees of who is playing, who is starting. Uh, In the notes here, I have Ravens offense against Steelers defense. Who cares? Ravens defense versus Steelers (laughs) offense. Who cares? The question is, who plays here for the Ravens? So I know my co-hosts have some differing uh, opinions on this. So as my voice fades, uh, why don't you guys just embrace debate here? Because it's I know it's two different things here. Who should play? Should starters play? How long should they play? What's worked historically and what hasn't worked historically? Uh, I'm curious as to how you guys think uh, Harbaugh should handle this. I'll go first because Jason's argument is going to be more salient and probably more reasonable. Um I think the starters should play. I don't think they should play the whole game. Um, I think it is certainly a risk. I think that this it has the largest potential of foot in mouth um, when, when we're coming back here next week to talk about it. But I'm so scared of rest. I know every player <coughs> talks about how much rest they want, and at the you know I think the the Kelsey podcast had a clip that was like going viral about them both talking about like. You want that buy. That buy is like the thing that you absolutely need. And I'm, I'm, I'm cool hearing that, and that's fine. But this team is so, – and it's such a good rhythm that, you know, maybe Jace will come on here and say you're an absolute moron because one week doesn't make a difference between, you know, was it three weeks or two weeks? That doesn't make a difference. If they're going to be rusty, they're going to be rusty. And I'm, you know, not trying to give him any ammunition for this embrace debate, but I, cu- I couldn't really argue with that. But there's something about it where the ghost of 2019 is just still sitting there watching every single one of those Colts teams and laughing all the way, by the way, as a middle schooler, where they would go 14-2, and rest guys in the final week of the season. It would be like three weeks off, and then they would lose to Pittsburgh or whoever it was. Not sometimes us, but rarely. Maybe even never us in the playoffs. Um, Where it just... The rustiness really took an effect, and the rustiness scares the hell out of me. I know it is less of a risk to not play these guys at all. I think you got to play them a little bit in-game situation. If it gets a little too frisky, if TJ Watts on his practice hero BS, because that's what he is. He's a glorified practice hero and nothing more. Can't stop the run, TJ. Um, Then, yeah, maybe a pull, guys, because the Steelers are being tryhards. That's fine, but... I just, I'm going to be sitting here shaking and terrified if it's Tyler Huntley and then it's another week and then it's the game and all of a sudden it's like we're, you know, five minutes left in the second quarter and the Ravens are down by seven and nothing is working because these guys like all of a sudden can't find this rhythm of, hey, press the Niners Dolphins button. Like where, where did it go? Where is that? And it's gone. It's gone. It's evaporating into thin air. It's a wazzy. It's a woozy. It's a it's that whole Matthew McConaughey speech <laughs> from Wolf of Wall Street. It's just disappeared in the thin air, and that's all it is. Um, I That stuff terrifies me, and I think the best way to mitigate it, mitigate it, from my personal dumb fan brain opinion, 
is to play them at least a little bit. I just don't see any value in that. I don't mean to like be so forceful, I guess, and push back. But to me, it's just you just no one can get hurt. And they're already going to be out a lot of guys. You figure Marlon Humphrey's not going to play if he has a calf injury. And I doubt Kyle Hamilton's going to play um, with his knee injury and, and all that. And I mean, Harbaugh said like some guys have to play, you have a limited number of like guys you can sit and stuff. But I think one of those guys should be Lamar Jackson, Tim, for pretty much kind of what you, for part of the reason you said the Steelers need this game. They need it real bad. (laughs) They will be going all out and there's just no value. Uh, the value, we sell the value. The, The last two years, Lamar's not on the field and the Ravens lose this year. Lamar's on the field and they win and he's going to be the MVP. So I think the most important thing is just getting him to January. And I think that means not playing him when you don't have to, uh, because quarterback is hard and like half the quarterbacks in the league have suffered season ending injuries. It feels like, and I just don't want to run that risk. And I get your argument about the rust and uh, Harbaugh even had said, I don't know if this was Sunday or in the past, but he, he, he considered doing things differently after the way, the, the, how they handled 2019 and, and that played out. But I still just think if you have the next week off anyway, I don't really know. Like you're like, oh, we'll lose rhythm. It's like, well, you're already not playing next week. So like, I and if you're gonna not be playing your full complement of guys on Sunday or Saturday, excuse me, because of injuries, um, uh, I don't know. I just I, I feel like there's just not value in that because I feel like the rust could happen regardless. And just at this point in the year, I think. That, um, <laughs> the rest is the most important thing. I mean, I I was looking it up just a little as we were talking to see what they did, but the Patriots won all those Super Bowls by getting a bye week. Uh, It's very important to play less games. It gets you one step closer to the Super Bowl. I know we have uh, our fears, and I'm amongst them because the Ravens, for whatever weird reason, have played way better on the road in the playoffs uh, historically and uh, generally have had to play on wildcard weekend for their long runs. Um, But... On the whole, the teams that win the Super Bowl do get the, an extra buy, and I think that just is so valuable. So uh, I wanted them to go out and win it and lock everything up on Sunday so that they didn't have to have a winning in scenario, and I think they should take advantage of that and at the very least not play Lamar. And, and it, you know, who knows? In 2019, they didn't play Lamar. They knocked the Steelers out of the playoffs anyway with RG3. That was great. So what if they do that again? That'd be fun. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in favor of resting everyone just because I, I think – I, I, I don't see this, the problems with the way the team's been playing and, and how like locked in they are in general. I, I, maybe there's the rust, but I, I think the health is just the most important thing. So I think just getting to uh, you know mid-January with everyone as healthy as possible, I, I think this team's good enough and veteran enough and experienced enough at this point that I think that would mitigate any potential like rust factor, quote-unquote. Chase, I think you made great points. Uh, the experience, the having been there now before a couple of times, I think does matter. I think they suit up. I think they play a couple of drives, hand the ball off, go through the rhythm of suiting up for an NFL game. They will probably tell, if he plays, if he plays these series, tell Lamar, you're going to run zero times. (laughs) You're going to hand the ball off, you're going to throw three-step drops or throw it into the sidelines. Um... And then come join us here and put the coat on and get the pads off at halftime. In 55-degree um, weather. Sorry, it still annoys get me. The, put the hat, the hat, the yeah. uh, wool coat. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of what I think they will do. I kind of see Harbaugh being a little afraid of doing the, you're not having an active snap for a month. Um but on a positive note, boy, what an opportunity for the players that are banged up. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, Hamilton will not play in this game. Kyle Hamilton. Stevens probably will not play. And with that, they will have, and Zeitler as well, probably will not play because these are the three guys banged up this past week. They will have a full month to get healthy. And I mean, how do you find that in an NFL schedule? Uh, with 17 games. That's awesome. Queen, Humphrey, they're going to have three weeks to recover. Um, but I would play some of the some of the receivers, some of the tight ends. Uh, two series, 
And then thanks. Uh, let's hand it over now to the to the other guys on the roster. And guess what? I still think the Ravens cover. I'm making my pick now. It's plus four. Uh, Mason Rudolph and Tyler Huntley. That's a toss up to me. It's not Steelers plus four in Baltimore. I think the game is gross. I think it's low scoring, and I think the Steelers win by a field goal. And you got a free point to play with. Give me Ravens. Uh, Ravens plus four. Uh, I want to hear your guys' final final takes, analysis, uh, and and then your picks here. So I I went with the the Steelers uh, minus four in this scenario, basically just based on this line keeps moving, and that suggests to me they know something that we haven't been told in the public that Lamar's probably not playing, and I just think the Steelers, you know, they need the game more. You mentioned it is supposed to be gross on Sunday. It's supposed to or Saturday. I keep getting that confused so it's a short short week for both teams but yeah it is supposed to rain and be a high of like 39 so uh nice and nice nice and or a high of 44 uh excuse me out in baltimore um uh, possible snow showers so it will be nasty it will be gross and will be cold and uh i just think the ravens i don't know i i think Harbaugh's shiftiness has been he's not playing lamar and if he was going to play he would have said that sunday i think um, so I don't think Lamar plays. I think the Ravens aren't going to try all that hard. And I think the Steelers will find a way to win and maybe even backdoor their way into the playoffs. Cause that's what Mike Tomlin does. He had another winning season for them. So yeah, I'm going with the Steelers, but I don't, I don't feel strongly about it really. I could easily even see with Tyler Huntley, uh, the Ravens certainly covering four and a half, maybe even winning it outright or four. <laughs> I think for the first time in a while here, and I've been pretty decent. Actually, no. The one thing that's held me back is Ravens picks. Um, <laughs> I completely lied there. I've been okay on, on the show here. 25 and 21 on the year, but the Ravens keep screwing me. I'm with Antonio. I'm going Ravens plus four because I think that even if the backups play, even if it is a Tyler Huntley game, you're still playing Mason Rudolph, baby. You're still playing a bad Steelers team, baby. And guess what? How funny would it be? To beat the Steelers with Tyler Huntley. It would be hilarious. Might have to throw a little money line on there. Right now you can get the Ravens, if I'm looking correctly, at plus 166 money line. You ain't ever getting that. Ever getting that with this team because they're too good. I'm, I'm going Ravens plus four. I think, you know, I think it's a rock fight at best if, if the, the starters don't play, especially Lamar Jackson. And, you know, I, I, don't, think, I don't think the Steelers should be favored by four to anybody. Tyler Huntley included. That's just it's simple math there. Um, so I got Ravens plus four. I'll go quickly with my other picks too. Um, can I can I can I talk to the court of Pod like a Raven here? Because I'm scrolling through and I, and we've mentioned the playoff scenarios. Everything's a little bit jumbled and some of these games are kind of and unlike most weeks where we say we hate these lines and then we pick stuff anyway because a lot of these matter. I hate these lines and some of these games don't matter and you shouldn't be gambling in week 18. It's absolutely ridiculous. So. If you scroll down, and the book that we do use, we're not sponsored, but hey, hit us up, FanDuel, um, if they would like to throw a few bones our way, and I will plug just how much I use this app, probably my most used app in 2023. Um, There are some FanDuel weekly specials here, week 18, and this one just pops out to me. It's the We Want Fields special. If you don't know, the Chicago Bears fans were chanting, We Want Fields! We Want Fields! in their big win this weekend. It has also been confirmed that the Carolina Panthers are the worst team in the National Football League. David Tepper is out here throwing drinks on fans. Everything's an absolute mess. And their first-round draft pick is going to the Chicago Bears, who presumably will pick a quarterback because the fans are not the GM. The fans want Justin Fields, which would be... Stupid, by all accounts, in my opinion. But here's the most Chicago Bears thing ever. Justin Fields has an incredible game. They decide to take him anyway, and both Drake May, Caleb Williams, and hell, Jaden Daniels go on to be Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and they're stuck with Justin Fields, who they have to pay a Joe Flacco contract to, and they sit in mediocrity for the next five to ten years. The We Want Field special is Justin Fields to record one-plus passing touchdown and one-plus rushing touchdown at plus 220. It would be the most Chicago thing ever for that to happen, the Bears to win, them to screw my under, and them to be keep fields and be mediocre for the next five to ten years. So, Jason Antonio of the court, I ask you, am I allowed to pick a FanDuel special on our picks here? If not, I will find another game to pick. I have another game as well. But for to, to round out my three picks is my third pick 
allowed to be a FanDuel special here. Uh, the, the We Want Field special plus 220. If you say no, I'm more than fine with that. I will move on. I will find something else. But I need, I need a ruling here before I make an official selection. Uh, I'm in favor. I don't know, Antonio, how you feel, but I don't. I don't feel too strongly either way. Uh, I'm in favor because uh, it's a plus two twenty. If this was like a if Tim threw out like a oh here's a a nice sweet bet, it's minus eight hundred. Yeah. then I probably would have said no, thank you. Long shot bet. It's fun. Uh, I kind of like it also uh, yeah, for that for that too. price. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. The, I think the court uh, unanimously votes uh, votes in favor. Agreed. We want Fields at plus two twenty. <laughs> One passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown. Um, if, you, if you have FanDuel, it's right there under the popular bets or go into the NFL tab and you'll find it. FanDuel, great non-sponsor of Pod Like a Raven. Fun sportsbook to use. You should try it sometime. Uh, my other pick here, we talked about him before. I think Texans should not be underdogs, even if it is away from home, to the Colts in a dome. C.J. Stroud going in there, big Saturday night game, big moment for him as well. Um, big moment for that defense. Uh, I think the Texans are just better than the Colts. So give me Texans plus one and a half away to the Colts. They win that game and they become, you know, a little bit of a threat in that in that playoff race as well. So Texans plus one and a half away to the Colts. Ravens plus four. And man, all long shots this time are all underdogs in, in some sort of way. The We Want Fields Chicago Bears doing full Chicago Bears things uh, special at plus 220. Uh, Antonio, I can jump off uh, from this one uh, just because um, I, while I love the Wheel One Field special, especially given the somewhat sorry state of the Packers' defense under what seems to be an outgoing defensive coordinator in Joe Barry, um, I'm still picking the Packers actually to win that game, and I'm picking them Packers minus three. Uh, we talk about it in the playoff scenarios. It's winning in. It's at Lambeau Field. Jordan Love's been playing really well. Uh, he seems like a pretty solid quarterback, which is very funny that the Packers uh, just seem to somehow this keeps working out for them. Uh, not to say Jordan Love's going to you know, beat Aaron Rodgers good, but he's actually had a better first season than Rodgers had in his first year as the starter, which is crazy. So I am picking the Packers to beat the Bears, even though I do like Fields to put some points up on them. Uh and then I, uh, I'm riding with Josh Allen. I'm going down with the ship one way or the other. Uh, I still just I believe the Bills are a better team than the Dolphins, even if evidence doesn't from this season doesn't really suggest that. They did smack the Dolphins when they played them uh, early in the season. A lot's changed, and the Bills, admittedly, as we kind of talked about, haven't really looked all that good in the last two weeks even. They've beaten the, barely beaten the Chargers, kind of it seemed like uh, – Struggled at times with the Pats from from what I saw and read and heard. So, um, still, I'm I'm undeterred. I just think Josh Allen's better than Tua, and uh, you know, uh, I just think the Bills are better. So I, I'm picking the Bills to win and uh, to win the AFC East um, at, at the gun here. Uh, and that, yeah, that's my my final pick. That game was such a stay away for me, Jace. Yeah. I, I just I have no idea. The Dolphins got banged up in this game against the Ravens. Chubb. Uh, has a torn ACL. He's out obviously for the rest of the season, and who knows how much of, of next year. Don't know if Waddle will be back uh, for that game with the high ankle. And yet, it's Miami at home. Like it's a division game at home. How often do good teams split? Or oh, I should say, two uh, slightly above average teams. How often do they split uh, division matchups? And you have to get those point. Like those three points might end up. Like the Bills get a game winner and they they win by one, they win by two, and you can still somehow get. I don't know. I don't know what to do with that one. I'm staying away. Uh, you're a, you're a stronger man than me when it comes to that. Here's the here's the crap that I'm taking instead. Chiefs <laughs> have absolutely nothing to play for. Chargers have absolutely nothing to play for. Chiefs are one and a half point dogs at the Chargers because Patrick Mahomes probably will not play. Guess what? Blaine Gabbert against Easton Stick and the Chiefs coaching against the Chargers coaching. I think the Chiefs are still better. Why am I getting a point and a half? I think they weirdly have some pride about not wanting to be a 10-7 and football team. I think they actually try in this game, even with backups. Um, the Chargers have been terrible all season. I'm getting a free point and a half. I think the Chiefs... Just steal this game uh, with second-string players. 
It's actually, you're getting two and a half points now, according to FanDuel, Antonio. It's moved since we've started to record, apparently. I'm doubling doubling my bet (laughs) amount from $2 to $4 on this game. (laughs) Because, yeah, do not bet on Week 18 football games. They make no sense. But if you must, Chiefs plus two and a half at the Chargers? Yes, please. And then the third, my third choice is basically between two teams that are in very similar scenarios. Jags winning in, they're minus four and a half at the Titans, at these bad Titans, and then Bucks winning in, minus five and a half at the Panthers. I mean, the Panthers are worse than the Titans, obviously. I'm leaning toward taking the Bucks, but they stung me so bad last week that I <laughs> I could see them messing this up somehow and not being able to cover that five and a half. So I'm actually doing Jacksonville, minus four and a half at Tennessee. Um I was impressed with them in a, like, gotta-have-it game against a bad team with the blowout shutout with the backup QB. I think they were able to replicate that um, regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, and I guess win by more than four points against this <laughs> Titans team that's uh, struggled all year. I'm taking Jacksonville, minus four and a half uh, against the Titans. Anything else, guys, before we, uh, before we wrap things up here? Nobody get hurt, 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 nobody get hurt. Yeah, it is a nice feeling to enter this this weekend because pretty much since the schedule came out, I was dreading us being the Sunday night football game against the Steelers to be winning in for the division title or the winner of that game wins the division title or something. And so to just to have everything wrapped up heading into this week. It's should, should mention that as well. Uh, and if we haven't, or if we already did, apologies. Um, this game's on Saturday. It's Saturday at 425 or the first game. So have some fun on Saturday. You know, the, the Ravens are fine. It's it's fun. Take it this way. Look, we all hate the Steelers, right? We hate them. I hate losing to them. We want to beat them and bury them into the ground and just never want anything good for that franchise ever. But you know what's funny? We've already won because this game, even against a bitter rival literally doesn't matter it just doesn't matter matters to them but we're better than them we're globo jim and they're average joes before the end of the movie we are better than them and we know it and so that it just revel in that you've already won you can have your nicely quaffed hair feathered and lethal as they say and and have a great and have a great time watching a game that you know if the ravens win we could just laugh all the way to the bank because guess what we're gonna be in the bank for the rest of the season, heading out to Las Vegas uh, to try and lift that Lombardi. Nothing else needs to be said. For Jay Sevens and Tim Horsey, I am Antonio Barbera. Thank you for listening to us here on Pod Like a Raven. An exciting time to be a Ravens fan. We will see you next week. say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.